Welcome to another episode of Mutual Growth, a podcast by Penn Community Bank. I'm your host, Aaron Clark. As social distancing policies and economic restrictions continue in response to the coronavirus pandemic, more individuals and businesses than ever are relying on digital channels to stay connected. With this surge in online sales, work-from-home requirements, and federal financial relief efforts comes the increased risk of fraud and cyber threats. Today, I'm joined by Karen Shin, Director of IT Compliance, Cybersecurity, and Risk Assessment for Penn Community Bank, to discuss this critical issue. In our conversation, we cover some of the most common types of fraud during this pandemic, how employees can keep their personal and professional data safe while working from home, and tips for small businesses moving sales and service online. After the show is over, be sure to check out the show notes and links to resources at pencommunitybank.com slash podcast. All right, Karen Shin, welcome to the show. Good morning, Aaron. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. Oh, not a problem. One thing uh, I wanted to get to right right away before we, we jumped into this was, can you just tell us about your role uh, at Penn Community Bank and a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. I manage the Information Technology Compliance Department at Penn Community Bank. Now, it's a long department name, but it's a very new department that the bank has put together. Specifically, um, my team and myself, we are responsible for the cybersecurity and gathering daily threat intelligence for our fellow bankers to make sure that we understand what's going on in the cyber world, what threats we could face, how we're going to protect our customer data and our systems. We also perform a lot of cybersecurity training and we monitor our mission critical vendors to make sure that their cybersecurity awareness is up to par and that they have the latest uh, technology advancements in place. As for my background, I've been in banking for over 40 years, quite a long time, and I've really worked in almost every sector of banking in that time. Specifically, um, I've been able to run quite a few large operational centers for very um, larger banks that emphasize on updating uh, the IT technology platforms. So I've been tasked with taking smaller IT divisions and bring them up to date with current regulatory guidance as to best practices that financial institutions should be using. So over the career, I've also been involved with um, maintaining regulatory compliance for those operations and performing a variety of conversions, software and hardware advancements, also bank acquisitions and mergers. So obviously throughout your career and, and in your current job, security, top priority, top priority of, of Penn Community Bank, I know for customers, this has been a priority forever, uh, even outside of this current period we're in. Before we jump into some of the important current issues um, with the coronavirus, can you just provide a detail um, about what Penn Community Bank's security processes look like and, and how we were positioned to address some of the security challenges we're finding at this time based on the work that you and your team have already been doing um, over the past several years? Penn Community Bank takes cybersecurity very seriously. Our department um, is tasked with stay, staying atop of the latest threats that can face our industry. Our team members um, specifically, we work with different security channels through different threat intelligence agencies. Um, we're gathering data all day long through different means of alerts, blogs, posting from very reliable sources from the government, from law enforcement, and from the financial um, sector as well. We then um, go ahead and make sure that we notify our staff members of anything important that they need to know. We use a safe time 
in the afternoon to send our emails. So they do not appear to be phishing emails, but more of alerts. So we um, want to make sure that everyone within the enterprise really up to date and aware of our latest cyber threats that can go on. Also with the vendors, again, we do check-ins with them each month, each quarter, actually doing a, a conversation with their security experts, checking on their cybersecurity awareness and threats that face them. Also once a year, we get to visit them in person and do face-to-face -face meeting with their CISOs. That's their chief uh, security information officers that let us know advances they're making in the field. We also spend a lot of time training our staff members where we actually, um, before the virus, would go out in person and work with the different departments and all different levels throughout the um, bank and talk about cybersecurity, what it means with phishing emails, uh, malicious websites, how we can protect them at home and here at the bank. Um, we also support newsletters. We put together real short snippets of good information that everyone can use. We post them on our internal intranet. Um, we'll also bring in guest speakers in the industry to bring a different face, a different um, problem to the banks that they could be faced with from government experts to cybersecurity um, experts will come in and actually talk to our customers and our employees about different threats that are going on and different tips they can use to protect the customer information along with our different software platforms. A lot there, uh, a lot that, that folks should feel comfortable uh, with and certainly positioning Penn Community Bank and, and customer data um, as a top priority, even while a lot of us are working from home. I know you and I uh, are both working from home at this point. More people than ever are, are doing the same um, as businesses go to that model. One of the concerns that, that you and I've seen other experts bring up is the idea of cybersecurity when you're not in the office. Now that people are taking their laptops home, logging into maybe secure or unsecure networks. Can you just walk us through some of uh, the concerns posed by working from home? It highlights just some steps that folks can take right now um, to address that, protect their information and maybe also the businesses. Yes, Aaron, this is a very important question. Very important well, typically the same threats that we faced before COVID-19 are the same threats we face today. But the fraudsters know there's a difference in our workday. We are now feeling in our new environments, things are out of sorts. Maybe we're rushing around. Maybe there's a little bit too much going on in the home setting with the dog barking or the kids running around. So our rushing, our not thinking clearly, the, the initial red flags that we were taught and trained with about how to detect phishing emails, how to detect malicious websites, something just isn't right, kind of is now at bay where the fraudsters are taking advantage of that. So are the fraud, are the phishing emails any different than before? No, but they are preying on the theme. They're preying on the fear. They're preying on us rushing around and not doing things in the same course of action we would have done when we were within our office environments. So some things we want to take care of are current events that are going on, especially with these malicious type of activities that um, can happen with these COVID-19 scams. So think about your basic red flags. Slow down. When we feel rushed, this is when we can forget the basic red flag warning signs. What are they? When you receive an email, look it over. Do you recognize the sender? Were you expecting this email? What time of day was the email sent? Why am I receiving the email? Is there a sense of urgency? 
same red flags, but they are a little bit more prevalent with the COVID-19 um, scams that are going on. Please do not click on any links or attachments that, um, that you're not sure about. So if you're not sure, just stop, look the email over and think twice. If it's a source that you're not sure about and you have your own contact information, you really wanna call your phone numbers and reach out to your personal contacts to, to confirm that email is either legitimate or it could be a fraudulent email. So like all bad situations, it's clear that there's bad actors looking for access of data. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's an important issue and one that, you know, we've on pencommunitybank.com tried to put out to, to customers that like any bad situation, there are those who would obviously look to take advantage of it. Um, trying to access personal data, personal information or the guise of things like uh, phony test kits or health insurance fraud. Um, what are you seeing as some of those most common coronavirus related uh, scams and how can, you know, using the tips that you kind of laid out, how can people avoid falling prey to those? Excellent, excellent question. Now, here at Penn Community Bank, we are staying very tight, very close to our law enforcement officials, our government, learning about the latest fraud scams so that when they do start appearing, we're educated um, about what they look like and what they're trying to do. So this is what we're hearing. This is what we're seeing. Stimulus scams. As we know, last week, April 15th, um, quite a few Americans received their first wave of stimulus funds. Fraudsters are preying on that. They're looking uh, to send out fake websites to get you to click on here, a fake test, text message, something to get your credentials. What are your credentials? It's your sign-on IDs, your password, your social security number, anything that personally relates to the citizen that they can then take advantage of for future scams. They're also preying on the fear of the COVID-19 pandemic by means of robocalls. Just hang up on those. You don't want to fall prey to talking with someone on the phone and, and building more fear about this um, situation. Buying online. Be very careful what you're buying. We're all running out of cleaning supplies and household materials. Make sure you know what websites you are going to. There are plenty of fraudulent sites now popping up, promising to get you these materials, these chemicals, things that you need to take care of your home instantly and overnight. Now we do all do know there's a delay in the mail system as well. So think about things twice before you go online. Where are you going to? Text and emails, do not respond to them. If it has a COVID-19 theme in, into those, please look them over a little bit more carefully. Also, the fraudsters are using the fake government email sites, the Center of Disease Control, things like that, looking for expert opinions. When you go to those sites, it's luring you to click on a malicious uh, content, click on open a link. That's where the malware, the bad things are gonna be uh, located. We really don't wanna be doing that. Donations, that's another big area. Uh, falling prey, trying to get you to donate with gift cards, wiring money, sending cash. That's not normal. That's not how it works. Um, later in the book, podcast, we'll talk about um, safe sites to go to to check on charities to make sure that you're donating in the safety, safest area you can. Uh, fake tests, fake, fake cures. Again, individuals trying to sell things that really are never going to come true. 
Again, trying to get your hard-earned money or trying to get your credentials. The CARES Act, you mentioned the stimulus check. The CARES Act obviously provided for those economic impact payments for individuals and families. Uh, We know that those payments by ACH direct deposit, you mentioned, uh, have already been hitting uh, bank accounts across the country as of last week. We expect more waves of those uh, through the coming weeks. Um, can you just dive a little bit deeper into that, highlight some of the secu- you know, security concerns around those payments? Yes, Aaron. Now, we are, again, um, monitoring the ABA, American Bankers Association, for the latest information on the CARES Act. Um, it's a wonderful resource for the financial institutions. We are on uh, weekly cyber conference calls with them as well, getting the latest information as soon as it's being um, published. So the biggest promotion that they're making is to please go to the IRS website. Anything to do with the stimulus funds, you need to go to irs.gov. On that site, they're opening up brand new portals. Get my payment. That's where your information would be to check on the status of your payment or to update your bank account information. Now, a very important fact here is that the IRS is prepared for fraudulent information, fraudulent uh, schemes being attacked against their website. They will not allow you, if you already have bank information with the IRS through your tax return or any other types of payments you're receiving, they will not allow you to change any current ACH information. They're only accepting through their two links information on how to obtain bank account information for the folks who do not have that with them today. So please visit um, irs.gov. You'll see under the coronavirus COVID-19 tab, get my payments. Or for non-filers, there's also a tab on the same page to enter your information if you've never had the opportunity of um, adding your tax return or receiving a social security benefit. So two great resources. Um, Again, use safety, only go to the government websites for uh, the CARES Act information. We'll have more websites at the end of the podcast that you can visit as well. No, that's great. Now, shifting gears just a little bit, um, obviously with folks staying in more, uh, businesses that are remain open, whether they're essential or have been asked to close their physical locations, more small businesses than ever are doing business online. That might be uh, a change of pace for some of those business owners. Can you just just highlight some quick uh, small business tips when it comes to protecting information online? Sure. Now, small businesses, we, we want to um, protect ourselves the same way we talked about earlier in the podcast, but here's some additional facts and um, things within your business that you really should be taking care of. Again, the rushing, the slowing down, Think about things again, ensuring that your antivirus and patching are up to date. Two huge IT hygiene things that a small business can do. Don't forget about keeping your network and your devices as as best as they can be with the latest antivirus and patching. Uh, Business email compromise, that is still running rampant with the fraudsters. That's where they actually gain access to your systems They look around, they watch what kind of emails that you're doing, they see how you communicate with your bank or with your vendors, and then they'll fall prey to that and actually start sending out fake emails to impersonate your business. Send something to your bank asking um, for a wire to happen because on every Thursday you do a certain wire transfer by means of an email. A lot of customers um, fall prey to this. The banks are highly trained on how to detect these type of business email compromises. 
we will always then turn back, call our customer directly, have a little conversation, make sure that is indeed them. Maybe it's out of pattern for the customer to be doing it in that manner. But that, again, comes back to your IT hygiene to make sure that you have the latest and you know if something goes wrong, you're in there to fix it. Um, always use multi-factor authentication when available. If your vendor or your bank or the websites that you're visiting that are legitimate, that you do want to run with your business, if they all offer multi-factor, that's a second way of identifying your business. Other than your user ID and your password, please use it. It's a known um, deterrent against the fraudsters that it's harder for them to break in your account when you have multi-factor. The SBA um, is also another resource that you want to use through this time. The SBA um, has a coronavirus small business guide where they actually um, publish information that will be helpful to our businesses about, again, looking for these um, COVID-19 email scams, uh, looking how they're going to gain information. Um, so please uh, use that as a resource. Uh, it's sba.gov. Um, going through the same type of basic red flags we talked about earlier, not clicking on links, uh, looking for unsolicited phone calls. And I think one of the more important things is to look at the um, application scams. As we know, the SBA is putting out the small business loans. Be careful you're going to the right sites and you're not going to a malicious site. So again, it's sba.gov slash coronavirus. Again, Aaron will be publishing that, but a lot of great tips for our small businesses are published on this site. No, that's, a, that's a great resource. And obviously all of us, as we're operating in this new normal, we, we're keeping an eye down the road, hopefully for what, uh, what's coming after the pandemic. Um, from your position, whether it's the threats on cybersecurity uh, or different trends that you see coming out of this, what What is your prediction for the future once we're on the other side of this pandemic? Well, listening to some fellow, uh, to excuse me, listening to other uh, fellow cyber threat intelligence officers, um, we're doing a lot of networking communication. Right now, we feel the same scams, the same fraud, the same cybersecurity that we've been dealing with before COVID-19 are still the same ones. But what is different? We've been rushing around. We've been changing parameters. We've been trying to get folks to work from home, and that means tweaking a little here, tweaking a little there. We might have let our guard down. So the guard might have been down. The scams might be there. Um, usually these threats, malicious malware, things like that, take time to set up. So it doesn't happen overnight. It could be weeks or days. So we don't think the threats are going to change. The threats haven't changed, but have we been minding our shops the way that we should have? So again, it's about when things start calming down, we should be doing a look back. Let's go back and look through our systems for the last two or three months. Let's look to see are our parameters, our antivirus, our patching. Did we find any things that were not correct? Let's just go back and double check to make sure our safety is still there. And as you referenced, um, some really important resources online from, from trusted government um, sources. That's obviously who we want to look to the most. Can you just run us through some of those websites that might be uh, of use for folks listening and make sure um, that they have the most up-to-date information to protect their information? And for the listeners, we will also have this published in the, the show notes. Yes. Let's please um, think about the irs.gov when we need our stimulus funds. 
our Small Business Administration, we want to go to sba.gov slash coronavirus. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has a lot of good information on fraudulent actors. So that'll be the fda.gov. The Department of Justice, COVID-19 cyber threats. If you want to learn more about the cyber threats, we want to use the justice.gov slash coronavirus. FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management System. If you want to make sure that you're only visiting the trusted sources you're looking to get to, go to their, their site. It's www.coronavirus.gov. The Federal Trade Commission has um, a lot of good information about uh, reviewing your charity of choice. A great resource to go out and double check that that's the actual site that you're looking to visit. Again, that would be consumer.ftc.gov. And again, the FBI COVID-19 site, which is www.fbi.gov slash coronavirus. You can actually go out to this site and look at live COVID-19 displays of actual emails that came through for these schemes, the COVID-19 schemes. So they actually have um, depicted where you can actually go out and see what these schemes look like through the text message or through the email, um, a great site that we've used and passed on to our employees. Well, Karen, a lot of great stuff here for folks, a lot of actionable items that Hopefully people can begin implementing to protect their personal information online, whether they're in, uh, a consumer or a business. Thank you so much for walking us through these and thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Aaron. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mutual Growth, a podcast by Penn Community Bank. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. And as always, keep up with the latest from Penn Community Bank by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Penn Community Bank and connecting with us on LinkedIn. For more information about this podcast, links to past episodes, and to learn more about community-first banking, just visit PennCommunityBank.com slash podcast. Mutual Growth is the official podcast of Penn Community Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. It is produced for the benefit of current and prospective customers and partner organizations. This program is provided solely for educational and entertainment purposes. The information contained herein is based on sources believed to be reliable, but is not represented to be complete and its accuracy is not guaranteed. The opinions, views, and estimates expressed are those of the presenters at the date of production and are subject to change without notice. Please email marketing at pencommunitybank.com regarding booking or repurposing any part of this podcast.